Hey everyone, Lindsay here. Welcome to an all new episode. I'm excited for today's episode because I have my very first guest. I'm excited. He's been a long time friend for a while. I'm excited to talk with him, get to know more about him, his music, and his new album coming next month. And don't forget to listen to the very end to hear a special snippet of, a, of his latest single and keep an eye out for his album. I know on the last podcast you were on, you haven't really figured out why you named your band Corduroy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas still or no? I don't know that that's ever going to be answered. I still don't have an answer for Corduroy. I probably won't ever come up with one. I mean, I know it's like a fabric type thing, like favorite type of shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like not really. I haven't worn anything Corduroy until I started doing this. So. I mean, I know you've had a lot of collaborations going on. I know you did your Secret War song with Arlo. Do you plan mm-hmm. on any other collabs? Yeah, there's actually plenty of collaborations on this one. Um, that's kind of like the theme of, you know, what the title is called, Let Me Know, the album title. Uh, and the reason it's called that is because it kind of speaks to, you know, for as long as I can ever remember, people have always had my back. There's been so many people that have always in my entire life um, said, hey, Alan, like, let me know if you need anything or let me know how I can help you and let me know, uh, you know, what else. And, you know, that just made sense to call it that. So this album is full of features. Um, Arla McKinley, Secret War is out. We released that earlier this year, or earlier this month in July. There's a song called On and On featuring my boys in the band Massing, which they just freaking killed it. And that's a really fun one. Heath and I, the guy that sings and plays trumpet at Massing, obviously go back to the Dividends days. And so it just kind of made sense to do a song together. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else. Some of them aren't even necessarily um, like listed per se, but um, you know, the Dead Frets, their Huntington band, they're also on the song Leave It To Me. There are a lot of people that played guitar on the album too. Like my friend's son, Eli, played uh, guitar on some. There's a guy that I sing with. It's C3 at a church that I go to uh, named Johnny Barr, who did vocals on a bunch of stuff. So many people have their hands on this. It's kind of countless at this point. So you basically kind of like intertwined your personal life and your music together. Yeah, I mean, I think it made sense too, because music is something I feel, I mean, that's what fills my cup every single day. And that's what really fuels me uh, passionately, I mean, more than anything else. So I didn't want to just make an album with just songs on it. I wanted to make an album that that kind of captured my real life. And that's why there's also things on the album, like little interludes go between the songs. And some of these interludes include like voicemails from people that left me voicemails in like 2018 that were like, hey man, I love you. Like, please keep doing your thing. It's gonna get better. There's an interlude of me where I recorded myself going into therapy. And I go to therapy in a building called the St. James Building in Huntington. And if anyone's ever been in that building, they know the super familiar sound that the elevator makes. It makes this really unique, like crackly voice that sells, you know, elevator up, but it's like super distorted and worn out because it's an older building. You know, and all these things go seamlessly into the next song. So I wanted to, to bring aspects of my life. I didn't want to just do song to song to song. It just made sense to include. And that, that again, that also goes into the whole album title. Like all these people have always been in my life. Like I want to include as many people as I can. But if I included, to be fair, if I included everyone that I possibly wanted to, my God, this would be a 900,000 track album. So couldn't necessarily do that. So I only got a few, but there's a lot. And I know you've been doing your thing on Facebook where you want to like take pictures of everybody you meet. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that I wanted to do in 2020 before the virus hit. And then, you know, as life happened in 2021 for me when I got really sick and um, was on life support and stuff, 
that really fueled that. So when I'm out and about, like I literally tell people at shows when we're playing, like, hey, I want to meet every single one of you all. Like, let's take a picture and make memories because that stuff can get taken away from you really fast. Yeah, I hate that you went through all that earlier this year. I mean, did you write any music about it? I don't think I've personally written about it yet, but one of the songs on the album um, is called Better on the Ground. And that was written by Jeffrey McClellan, who plays drums. Uh, and that was, he, he's recorded and produced and mixed and mastered this whole album. So, um, whenever I remember texting him when I was still in the hospital in Morgantown and I was still hooked up to the ICU machine or like the life support machines. And I was kind of aware that I was awake and stuff, but it was still real foggy. And a lot of people got text messages from me that were just gibberish, but like, they were like, Oh man, I don't know what you're trying to say, but it's so good to hear your name pop up on my phone. And one of the craziest things that happened, and this song is on the album, I remember waking up a couple days after literally, you know, I'm skin, I'm still on the life support machines, but I'm awake at this point. And um, there, I was texting Jeffrey and I was like, man, we, I was texting him all these things, like, you know, we gotta like not hold grudges and we gotta not like waste our time being upset with people and we gotta do better about different things and like, I was like, I feel like God called my bluff. Like, I really don't want to die. Like I thought I did back in the, like, you know, last year and all this stuff. And he had actually already written and mixed and mastered a whole entire song called Better on the Ground. And it was literally the things that I was texting him. It was those same words that I was telling him when I woke up were the things that he had already finished a song about. And it was just unreal because I really feel like my spirit was with Jeffrey there. It felt like if I would have been alive enough in, at all to sit down and write a song with him, it would have been that same song, but I wasn't. And he had already written and finished a song, completely recorded every part to it. And when I woke up, like I was texting him that. And then he said, Hey, I have a song for you. That was already those like almost exact lyrics word for word. So like, it, that song, we haven't done that song live yet because it, it's, it still hits me pretty freaking hard. Um, because there's a lot of things you think about and a lot of things you, you regret, really. Honestly, when you're in a hospital bed, not sure what the outcome's going to be, you learn and think about a lot. So we may, we may do that song at the album release show. It, I don't know. I don't know if I can get through it still. When will you be doing the album release? Um, album release is Friday, August the 13th. It's an unlucky Friday, so that's a way to remember that. Hopefully no unlucky things happen, so fingers crossed on that one. But uh, yeah, so Friday, August the 13th, uh, we'll be playing over at 9th Street Live in Huntington, West Virginia with the band Ona. And then we're actually doing an official album release show the next night at The Loud, formerly known as The V Club, over in Huntington as well. So there's two nights to... Come and check out the merch, check out the album, get physical copies if people are into that kind of thing, and see us do some songs live. Yeah, I definitely hope to try to make it to some shows with a lot going on with me. I'm trying to get everything figured out. <laughs> totally understand. Yeah, if, if you need a night off and need a night out that you could bring your kiddo to if you wanted to, the Night Street Live is a super chill. It's like 7 p.m. It's not super late or anything. That would be a cool one to come to. Kind of like switching subjects a little bit. How would you kind of describe your music? It's it's kind of like a rock pop thing. Rock is such a rock and pop are honestly super broad. But it, you know, a lot of these songs are really fun, really happy, bouncy. You know, kind of whatever. But a lot of them have kind of serious content in them. So it's kind of like if you could imagine like dancing, but also crying while you're dancing. There's uh, a little bit of that. So you know, laugh while you cry type stuff. But you know, most of it's really upbeat, fun pop rock. 
think like maybe like Kings of Leon, maybe, maybe a little bit of Arctic Monkeys in there occasionally, uh, Cajun Elephant maybe. There's definitely some Paramore influence at times. I mean, just kind of that rock indie pop. Most of it's pretty upbeat and fun. So do you also like kind of like rock metal music too? I don't really delve into metal much. Um, and when I mean metal, I mean like I'm thinking like super scream metal. Like I never got into super heavy stuff, even though I used to listen to a band called Attack Attack back in the day that was like straight screamo and under oath. So maybe so. But like no one in my, my family was musical. So I don't really never really had much influence. I mean, my dad would drive me around listening to like 90s R&B music in his truck. But like I'm obviously not making any R&B, even though I'd love to make like a 90s R&B album. That'd be fun. So I, I don't know. I mean, like. You know, I, I grew up on listening to Michael Jackson on cassette tapes. And, you know, I when I first got a guitar, I, you know, learned a bunch of Flyleaf stuff. So that's kind of heavier stuff back in the early 2000s. But I don't know. I mean, I listen to all kinds. I mostly listen to female artists now that I think about it. It's like I listen to Paramore and Haley Williams and Miranda Lambert and Lights and First Aid Kit. And, oh, man, the list goes on and on and on. I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place, really, with music interest and what I listen to. Aside from guitar, do you play the other instruments? Um, guitar is definitely the main one, but I can play a little piano. I can play drums and bass and ukulele. I would love to learn how to play a violin or fiddle. I've tried in the past, and it's ridiculously hard. So I have, like, have such a respect for those people who can just go crazy on those things. But I want to get better at piano, honestly and like eventually learn how to play violin down the road yeah my stepdad he's done he's been in some bluegrass bands and he plays those instruments yeah like i have such an appreciation for people who can like tear it up on like a fiddle like it's because like like with a guitar or any other like kind of similar guitar instrument like there are frets on a guitar so like you kind of know if you're at, on this fret of the neck, it's you're gonna make this note. But like with a fiddle or anything with that's fretless, it's not the same. So you gotta really know where your notes are. And if you're off a little bit, you're off by a mile without frets. So yeah, props to him. That's awesome. Okay, now kind of switching to like your performances. Like think about all those. Like, did you have like a best one or a worst performance? So far, I mean, Corduroy, you know, started around the when the pandemic started, like kind of officially. Uh, I was just doing acoustic things here and there and kind of filling out how I wanted this to be, really. So now that we're in 2021, you know, we've had uh, five, six shows or something like that. It's a lot more to come, but some of the more memorable ones probably stand out. We got to open our very first show was at the Paramount Arts Center opening for a guy named Drew Holcomb. And... He has like 19 million monthly listeners on Spotify, so it was kind of crazy. And, you know, we get a dressing room and, you know, whatever and all that crazy stuff. So that was definitely memorable. But I think the best that we played was, honestly, this past weekend, we were um, in Charleston, West Virginia. And I'm trying to remember the date of whatever this past weekend was. I think the 22nd or whatever this most recent Friday to the 27th is. But we played after at the Live on the Levee after party. And, man, it was such a good time because it was like, 200 sweaty people dancing and just giving you so much energy constantly. So I love that we got to play for the, at the Paramount and do some really great shows and bigger shows like that. But I would take a room of 200 sweaty people over a room of, you know, 800 sitting people that are there just to chill any day. Do you think you could ever like perform in front of that many people regardless, <laughs> like 800 or more? Oh yeah. I mean like we, and we've done, 
when, when I was in a part of a band called the Dividends and, you know, we played it live on the levee and we played it at Huntington's Pride Fest where they were every bit of and 2000 plus people there. I mean, it, it's just a mixed bag. It's like, like ultimate, ultimate show goal would be like, have a lot of people, but have them close to the stage. So like at a big giant festival or something, because when you play it like the Paramount or play it like live on the levee or something, a lot of times the crowds kind of back away from the stage. So you don't get as much interaction with them, but regardless, I mean, like that's still a lot of people. So do you have like certain ways you kind of like energize the audits to get them going to? I think, I think I've learned that like they'll match most of the time, they'll match whatever energy you give them. Like, if you're going to stand up there and just play your guitar and just chill and talk a lot, like they're going to kind of maybe kind of lean into that and neither is wrong. But if you want to really, if you want them to respond, you got to give them something to respond to is what I found out. So, you know, I try to just bring so much energy on stage and keep them always engaged and always involved. And whether that's with like clap along, sing along parts or like just being as having as much movement and motion on stage as possible, like, which was really tricky because, you know, when I got sick, like, man, my, I'm just now getting my strength back. That was in February. It's, we're recording this in July now, but you know, it, and it took me a while to get kind of back to operating power. And on top of that, like when I was on life support, they did a surgery to put the the life support tubes in my head, they put them in your hips. And so there's a lot of nerves and a lot of stuff in that region, like in your groin region. And they did nerve damage you know, by accident. So my right foot is still really, 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 really numb. Um, and I think it's going to be like that for a couple years. Um, if not, you know, may, hopefully sooner than that, but they said at least a year before you start kind of getting your feeling back. So, you know, it's tricky. It was hard the first few shows. I mean, I'm kind of real, real ginger about everything. On top of that, I had surgery on my neck when I got out of the hospital for something completely different. I got this like kind of spot removed from the back of my neck and actually I had radiation and everything. It's freaking weird. But this year has been nutty medically, but you know, I think I'm getting my strength back finally. That's why I'm so excited to play these shows that were in August where we're releasing the music because it's like, I feel like I'm back to full power now. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Such perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I would have waited any longer for any of this stuff to happen, I mean, it would have been pretty upsetting. Now, or even before you even got sick, like, did you ever get, like, nervous before shows? Or I don't know if I've ever been nervous. I don't know. I've, I've always just wanted to perform, and I think that's, like, built into me somewhere. I'm just like my mom when it comes to that. She's a people person. She loves, loves, loves to, like, entertain and just talk to everyone. So, like... You know, if you go to go somewhere and there's a big crowd of people, I feel like sometimes people's reaction is just to like look down. Like they don't want to make eye contact with, you know, 500 people. But my eyeballs go up and like I'm like looking for people like, oh, maybe I could talk to them or maybe I could do that. So that's just me on stage. Like I want to be performing. I don't think I've ever really, really been nervous. I may have been nervous to like, you know, mess up or make mistakes, but I've always just wanted to just to grab onto that moment because there's nothing like that moment when when you have that many people just engaging with you, especially matching your energy. There's nothing like that. Maybe, I mean, I know you're just another person, but sometimes people can still get nervous around other people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've been nervous on first dates way more than I've ever been nervous on like playing a show in front of 500 people or whatever. So I don't know, it's just different, I guess. <clears throat> have any girlfriends right now or anything you said girlfriends like i have multiple <laughs> um 
No, I'm not seeing anybody. It is it is July. I don't know when this is airing, so it's July 27 right now. I am not seeing anyone or multiple people. I meant just one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because it's like, no, I don't keep I don't keep several around. But no, I'm single Pringle right now. Do you have any other hobbies or anything like that outside of music? Uh, gosh, not so much anymore. I mean, like music, especially right now with album stuff and corduroy stuff, kind of taking a lot of precedence. Like um, when I was younger, before I before I played music and really started devoting so much time to. When I was growing up, I used to race like um, remote control cars and trucks that were like gas powered. And I remember I would cut people's lawn, you know, mow grass for people. And like all that money I'd make would go into that because it's such an expensive hobby. And I got a little older. I started playing like competitive paintball and would travel and play at tournaments and stuff like that. And I, was, I miss that stuff a lot. But, you know, right now music is definitely, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what else I would be doing if I wouldn't play music right now. It's just kind of like all consuming right now. I need to, need to get back into some different hobbies i, I want to build like lego sets i miss playing like building lego stuff i used to play play with legos like, there's nothing like it right so i am kind of curious so because when we both went to ou and did the electronic media stuff i know you went on to work at wsaz mm-hmm. i am kinda curious about your experience working there yeah i mean saz i worked there for six years and i started off as a part-time photographer so i would go and shoot stories for reporters or go and shoot, you know, VOs or vids for, um, you know, whatever stories are going on. You know, sometimes you see a lot of crazy stuff because, you know, you're there with first responders and all that kind of stuff. I did that for like six months and then eventually I went full time back in the production side. So I became the morning director for the 6 a.m. and the midday show and a couple other things here and there I was in charge of. You know, that shift started at 4.15 a.m., which was brutal always. And... If you're a musician trying to do that shift, it is awful because your shows sometimes don't start till 10 p.m. And 10 p.m. is late when you have to get up at 3 a.m. through the week. So SAZ was great. Like, I would never trade that experience for anything. Right now, I work at an ad agency called Bullseye Total Media. And it's super fun. It's super cool. We get to do a lot of really creative stuff here. But yeah, SAZ was great, though. I mean, like... It, you gotta you gotta be used to structure. Or you gotta get used to structure because, like... It is, you know, I knew exactly where I was supposed to be at every second of the day. So like at 5.58 and 30 seconds a.m., by the way, not p.m., a.m., 5.58.30 was when the commercial break for my 6 a.m. newscast started, you know, specifically that. And like, you know, 6.58.30 was when it ended and you know, we'd start the terminal break for the Today Show. And then 7.26.04 was the first cut in for that show. I mean, I mean, your whole day was scripted and some people like that and it gets a little monotonous sometimes but it's structure is not all bad i guess yeah i've been there a few times myself whenever i dated jerry like i met amanda i met brad tim all of them some of the other og <laughs> anchors mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna talk about myself for a little second i talked to Grover one time and he let me shadow Dave Benson for a project I was doing for Dave at OU and Jerry was like the cameraman for him it was fun going around watching him kind of shadowing him oh yeah yeah it's definitely a cool place to work I mean it's it'll keep you busy and keep you on your toes I'll say that yeah I've always wanted to work there myself maybe at some point um, I mean, depending on what you're going for, they're definitely, they would definitely hire people. I mean, 
they need producers and stuff. It seems like more than anyone, producers and photogs. So maybe hit it up if you're still looking. I'm sure they're they'll needing somebody. Is it the same day as the party, August 13th? With the yeah, August 13th, yep. Definitely excited for that. I do appreciate you wanting to be on my show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down for anything and everything always. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. And then at the end, there's going to be a little snippet of your song, Secret War. Awesome. Heck yeah. Talk at you later. All right. Thank you so much. See ya.